1: Welcome to episode 169 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson, and I have Kurt Mortensen here with me. We're off of Turkey Day and a lot of travel, it seems like forever, since we've done a podcast. Maybe it has been forever. What do you think?
0: I don't know. I'm feeling the same way, so it's good to be back. We've both been going all over the place. I was in, let's see, where was I, Florida and Philadelphia, so I went from 80 degrees to, I think it was 10 degrees, and now, of course, they're like 122 below wind chill, but it was cold. But yeah. I'm ready for the holidays. Good to be back. I mean, where's your brain at?
1: Uh, it's not in work stuff. <laughs> I was telling you earlier. You know, this is this week as we lead into the Christmas holiday is a little bit of a fake it till you make it. It's I'm in the real estate business and nobody really is interested <laughs> in talking about it. So you have to go through the motions and and it's always a great recharge. I don't know about you, but you get really trunky going into the holiday. You don't want to do anything. I mean that. I've been eating a ton of chocolates. They're just showing up at my house. You probably got the same problem. <laughs> yeah, it's and, a good uh, problem. Yeah, and then you get past New Year's, and you're like, okay, let's do this. Right? right, I'm I'm done being lazy. Let's do this. So,
0: I think I read, the challenge yeah. is that some people are working, some people aren't. We just need to make mandatory. All right, nobody work. Let's just make this easy, and then there's less stress because some people are working on one day, some people are working on another, some people are working at all, and some people are working too much. We just need to pick something and go with it.
1: Oh, Yeah. I'm going to try, between Christmas and New Year's, to just go dark. (laughs) I don't plan on uh, answering any work-related emails or phone calls, doing the whole, hey, I'm on Mars, you know, voicemail thing. So we'll see how that works.
0: Uh, Hopefully it does work. So you have to disconnect
1: internet, phone,
0: cell phone, you're good to
1: go. We're going Amish, (laughs) between Christmas and New Year's.
0: Done. So that's relax. kind
1: of bad because it's going to be cold and you need heat. You don't want to go totally Amish.
0: <laughs> at least you got your chocolates to keep you warm. You're good.
1: At least I got that and at least we offended somebody today, the Amish. Hey! There we go. We're on a list. Who likely don't listen to the podcast.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it's only a semi offense. We'll have to find someone else to offend.
1: Yeah. You know that saying, if a, a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, did it actually fall? <laughs> yeah. If you offend an Amish some. on a podcast and they didn't hear it, did you actually offend them?
0: <laughs> Listeners, get on that, let us know.
1: This is where our heads at towards the end of the year. <laughs> Just this is the thinking. best stuff we got.
0: Yeah, we're just not thinking straight. We better get into some content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as
1: we're not thinking straight. Let us tell you how to run your business. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this was intriguing, Kurt. You told me about the, the geeky article moment today. It's not that geeky. It's actually pretty interesting. I need to set up an anniversary trip with my wife and I, and I thought hey, this might be a good bet. So what is this place in Dallas, Texas? What is going on?
0: Yeah, this is just a general article. I thought it was fascinating for this time of year. Her name's Donna Alexandra. She's out of Dallas. She started out of her garage, actually, where people would pay her from anywhere from 20 bucks to 500 bucks to break things, furniture, dishes, mannequins, <laughs> just to destroy <laughs> stuff, just to kill stuff, just to – and she would actually make – custom rooms that would look like something in their house and have the couples come in and just break everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was working so well that she quit her job about five years ago and she set up a place in, in downtown Dallas called the Anger Room. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd have just couples come in and rent places up and she'd do replicas or she'd have mannequins available And here's a fun one for all our political people out there. The biggest thing right now are mannequins of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton (laughs) (laughs) for venting and destruction sessions. So (laughs) I thought, well, you know, if you're feeling like you're a little helpless and nothing's working, you know, you can go get yourself a mannequin. And so they have these anger room settings and the mutual destruction settings with couples, and all these psychiatrists are like, oh, this could be harmful because – when you're anger, it releases hormones in your body or neuropeptides, and it could do some damage to your health. And other people are saying, hey, no, they're relieving stress and they're making a little fun out of it and they're doing it. So there's really no consensus on if this is healthy or not. But I'm saying if it works and you feel better, go for it. I think this is a great way to do it because we all know that bottling up anger is probably the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. And I, so get, it, get out, it out, let it out.
1: I mean, and who cleans up the stuff? <laughs> I Wow, you probably got to charge a premium because she needs to go to every garage sale in Dallas once a week and pick up stuff to break.
0: Probably a lot of trash, a lot of cleanup. I'm not sure how she does that, but you must have kids because your knee-jerk reaction is mess. Cleanup, what's yeah. going
1: on? <laughs> you don't know where my head's at. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Holiday season. <laughs> mess everywhere. What's going on?
1: I got to think it would be kind of therapeutic.
0: I'm leaning that way, too, just to let it out. In fact, that these couples did it together, I think that would be healthy for the relationship in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, you're getting so angry that it caused a heart attack. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree that's probably not healthy. Right. <laughs> Some healthy letting it out because emotions are neutral. And anger's a lot of times a secondary emotion. Some people don't even know what they're angry about. And they're just angry at everything. And just get it out. Let it out. Don't let it simmer. Because if you let it just simmer in there, that's when danger things can happen. And you could probably let it out at the wrong person. And it gets to the point where you're yelling at your boss. It's probably not a good thing.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. You've got to manage that pressure. It's got to be like good stuff that people are breaking. Because it's not fun to break junk. Yeah, that's
0: why it was expensive. She was charging more and more money, especially if you're, you're setting up what your living room looks like or your office space. I'm sure it's a, a mock computer, but still there's costs and breakage and yeah. damage. And, and then who knows, the neighbors to the anger room, all the screaming and yelling and breaking they hear, I'm sure it's not good for their business.
1: Right, right. There's You got to have lawyers on staff to put up with all the complaints and <laughs> everything, yeah. If yeah, there's a funny show, whether it's funny or not, is debatable. It's on Fox, called The Last Man on Earth, and some people hate it, some people love it. And it, the premise is that some virus killed everybody except like five people, and they somehow try to make a comedy out of this. Right? It's not Walking <laughs> Dead. And what's funny is when they need something, they just go get a car and they'll just drive through the front doors of the store because everything's abandoned. Everybody's dead. They just break. They just do whatever they want. Oh, that's kind of funny. You know, if you need to go to Costco, you just drive your truck through the front doors (laughs) and go down the aisles and knock stuff over. Got to admit, be kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Kind of fun. Pick and choose whatever you want. Eat whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. The only five people left on Earth, you're probably not watching your weight or what you eat. You just do whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Well, the (laughs) problem is these five people have somehow found each other Uh. in Southern California. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot more than five people. Yeah, so we've exposed the hole in the plot of the Last Man on Earth. (laughs) We've made fun of Amish people. Let's uh, let's talk about something useful, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, and along that topic of anger, you know, it's the holiday season, a time where people are, you know, they want to be grateful for what they have, spend time with family. Few different major religions have big holidays around this time, and it's a time to reflect. It's also a time to get very angry. (laughs) <laughs> if you're like me, because there's so much traffic. There's people everywhere. There's lines everywhere. I was talking to my dad last night, and he said January 3rd can't come soon enough. He's he's tired of all the people. He's tired of it being dark at 6 a.m. and again at 5 p.m., and he was really on one. So <laughs> <laughs> short of going to the room in Dallas, you're negotiating with somebody. You're making a sales pitch, right? You can't send your prospect... To Dallas to smash lamps. You can't go in the middle of a negotiation either. What is a more real-world, practical way that we can deal with this emotion that we all experience? Good baseball bat. Is that a good answer? I said real. Right? <laughs> oh, real. Yeah, all right. You, know, you have to, you know, you have to pretend right. that you got it under control. You can't get the bat or the golf clubs or the 12 gauge out. You you got to deal with this constructively. Well, it, it's real. Yeah. It's
0: real. I mean, a couple things about anger we need to talk about in any emotion for, that we feel. For First of all, emotions are physiological responses in our bodies. When we feel anger or resentment or happiness, there's a, a physiological response. When we feel anger, blood leaves the brain, goes to our arms, fight or flight. We have to understand that emotions, anger and depression, can be addicting for a lot of people. Because when you feel emotion, it releases those neuropeptides in your body. And some people get addicted to those emotions. I mentioned earlier that it's, it's a secondary emotion. So what people are angry about and really angry about can be two different things, which can be frustrating when you're trying to communicate. Some people don't even know what they're angry about. So a couple tips here before we go into some solutions about anger is realizing, first of all, if you're the negotiator, if you're the persuader, it's time to check your emotions at the door, check your ego at the door, and only one person angry at a time or feeling these deep emotions at a time. And you got to be in control and not let these things make you angry because if you want to diffuse anger – Getting angry and having both parties angry could be very challenging. One thing that's very important is you have to validate the emotion. It's real. The worst thing you can do when somebody's angry is, say, well, you shouldn't be angry. And They look at you like, well, I am. Or we do this to our children. We well, shouldn't be sad. They look at you like, well, I am.
1: <laughs> or tell them to calm down.
0: Yeah, calm down, be reasonable. <laughs> All these things that we say it's that never, never help.
1: It's Once never in worked in the history of mankind. Of the world. Yeah,
0: exactly. Never. This it's never ever worked. But we say like we shouldn't be scared of flying, and they're like, "Well, I am." All right, that's how helpful is that? It's not helpful when you're trying to use logic to solve an emotion a lot of times. And so we have to realize validate the emotion. And sometimes when we talk about solving anger, the first rule is realizing that apology is cheap. I'm sorry, that was not my intent. And then the look well, well, don't do it again. And you say, okay. <laughs> And that could be the end of it a lot of times, just, just, I'm sorry. Even if it wasn't your fault, even if it was something else, just, I apologize. It wasn't my my intent for you to get angry. can be enough for just people just to diffuse. Because a lot of times with anger, you want someone to blame, you want someone to fight with, you want someone to yell at, and it's not always helpful to be that person.
1: That's interesting because I was dealing with a client and a property seller that I work with, and this particular client bought some properties from this guy. And he was having big issues with the properties being vacant. They weren't bringing in the rental income. And, you know, what's the point of a rental property if there's no rental income? Properties go vacant from time to time. That's normal. It's part of the business. But they don't go vacant for eight months, which is what was happening here. And, uh, you know, there's obviously something systemic, something, some big problem. We were getting pretty fired up with this. And I called the property seller because there were some things that we thought that he needed to do that he had not agreed to do. And that's what was leading to this problem. And I was loaded for bear, Kurt. I was ready to take this guy apart, threaten lawsuits, report him to the regulatory agencies. There are a few things that we could have done there. And if he would have got defensive at all, you can bet I would have done it, right? But what did he do? He rolled right over and said, I screwed up. And he explained it and said, I am so, he apologized. He said he screwed up. And I mean, talk about taking all the air out of the balloon, right? Instantly, we're like, okay, well, if you're apologizing, you say you're screwed up, at least we know what's going on. Now we can do something with that. And my client who happens to be overseas, he instantly was disarmed when I relayed this to him. So when there's anger, and somebody doesn't try to say, oh, you shouldn't be angry or, or defend that position, they just back off. It's easy to feel better pretty quick.
0: It is. And it can be that simple. It's- Contrary to what we want to do, naturally we want to fight back. I mean you were ready to go and sometimes we like to be able to do that. But if you want to win the negotiation, apology is cheap. That's the first one.
1: Yeah, yep, fair enough. What else should we keep in mind dealing with, with this negative emotion of anger?
0: Well, whatever you could do to get the blood back in the brain. Remember the blood's left the brain, fight or flight. So you have to think of what can you do. Do you need to take a, a break, right, 10-minute break, a lunch break? Do you need a change of scenery, walking to the boardroom or going outside or driving to a restaurant? Anything that distracts them long enough to realize that they're out of control. You know, I mentioned on the show before when I, I've kicked a box down the stairs and people kind of look at me and look at each other, but that's enough time for them to get back into control. Or have somebody burp really loud. Could, Well, maybe not that one, but do that anything you. that's out of the ordinary, that's distracting, that they weren't expecting, that they can pause to get blood back in their brain can be something that can be very helpful in that situation, just for them to realize, ooh, I, I'm out of control. I'm losing it.
1: Okay, good, good. Blood back in the brain. Admit you're wrong. What else should we keep in mind as we deal with this emotion?
0: One thing, too, if it's just minor anger and you just sense it starting to brew, getting them to think a little more analytically, an analytical question causing them to think can be something that could be helpful to you. Not major anger, I mean, but if you just can feel something coming, a little question they have to think about, they have to pause, could be very helpful too. And then one that works really well also is the common enemy. If they're angry at the government or another company or somebody else, hey, let's – yeah, let's beat them up. Let's go and have an economy and getting that anger out and that shouldn't have happened. How could that – how dare they – the economy, the government, whatever it is, as long as it's not you or your company, you don't want that to be the common enemy. But if you could find a common enemy out there that doesn't matter, that you can both kind of, oh, yeah, they should have done that. That's wrong. You were wrong. That can't happen. And just get the dialogue going. Just diffuse a little bit. Get it out in the open. Get it out in the air. Let them go, Okay, I've had my say. can be very helpful in the world of anger.
1: Donald Trump is very good at that. I mean, that's one of his top three or four tools, isn't it? You know, we, we get the common enemy. These people are doing this thing to us. And and we can, we're we not here to talk about if it's true or not. But, but the narrative of persuading, he's extremely good at that.
0: He is. He brings it out. And then people rally around that. That's why he had such big crowds. Is people rally around a common enemy, a common theme. And that brings them together. And he was very, very good at that.
1: Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on with respect to anger?
0: Uh, One last thing, too, to be aware of. If you know that you're going into a situation that it could trigger a lot of anger and you don't want it to trigger a lot of anger, so the anger's not there yet, one thing that we have found through the research and persuasion negotiation that slowly get to the no, because you might know within five ten seconds, yeah, no, we're not going to do that, dumb idea. Okay, That's going to trigger a lot of anger. No, you don't deserve a raise, whatever it is. You want to be able to do a couple things here. First of all, listen to their side, listen to their point of view. And part of you thinks, well, that's that's bad time management. But they're more likely to accept your ideas and your view if you just hear them out, whether that be a teenager or a coworker or if you're influencing up to another boss. Just hear them out, right? Let them talk about their point of view. That's one thing to do. And the other thing to do is, is slow down your no a little bit. Say, all right, well, that's interesting. Not sure where we're gonna go with this or what we can do, but you know, let's check the budget, let's check the calendar, let's check with the CEO. Let's check with accounting, those type of things. Even though you know it's a no, if you can slowly do it, diffuse it a little bit, take a little longer, the chances are less likely for a blow up for the anger to show and some things that could really help you maintain the conversation and keeping the emotions in check.
1: That's a good point. You know, Chris Voss, who we've had on the show, the the ex-FBI agent, uh, hostage negotiator guy, he's big on that. You don't tell somebody no but you instead get them to realize on their own that their request is not reasonable and that that the answer is no but you didn't say it mm-hmm. right he'll tell you to, they say well we got to have this price and he'll say to tell them well how am i supposed to do that and you, you know you have to say it that way like you're considering it but obviously if they were to consider it they'll realize yeah that's not going to happen it does a much better job and somebody who's angry when you say something like that I think along the lines of what you said, it starts getting the blood back to the brain because they have to think instead of be mad. And you
0: know that's so the enemy. say, yeah, I checked the budget or I checked with accounting. Yeah, it was a great idea, but, yeah, not in the cards right now. And, of course, I checked the date, and, yeah, we already have this and this happening. So, whew, yeah, we got to do something else. And it's over a period of time. They've figured it out for themselves also. It's been diffused. And it works much better.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Why don't we queue up the ninja?
0: Ah, one of our favorites. Ninja, go.
1: (laughs) Here's the ninja. So a little hint on who the ninja is. This ninja uses the force. Oh, the force. Oh, the force. Yeah. If you haven't (laughs) heard about the latest Star Wars movie, Rogue One then, you know, you'll hear about it soon enough. I mean, I had people, friends, inviting me to private screenings. People are reserving movie theaters. Uh, You know, people lose their mind for this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. It's it's very popular, and I'm looking at a headline at Newser.com. The Force is with Rogue One, Star Wars. It it soared to a $155 million opening weekend. That's the second biggest ever in a December. And the reason we think that this is a ninja is they followed a very obvious principle here. Your product may not be along the same line, but anytime your, your fans or your customers have an emotional connection to your product, they can't get too much of it because <laughs> <laughs> rogue one's not even a star Wars movie. I mean, it's the, it's star Wars, but it's a totally separate plot line and they figure out, Hey, We don't have to stick with Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca and Darth Vader. We can start spinning these things off. And actually, another franchise that did that recently, too, was The Walking Dead. My wife hates that I watch that, but I watch it. They started doing side spinoff stories of what's happening there. Probably a very, very big theme that's going to be coming out in Hollywood because they realize, hey, we haven't even tapped all the potential that we have here. What do you think about this as a ninja?
0: Oh, absolutely. Buyer buyers, a buyer And a buyer. That's why Disney – I think Disney's the ninja here because they spent, I don't know, billion-plus dollars on this franchise. And the old Star Wars was slow to go every once in a while. Of course, they made their money, but these guys are going to work it, <laughs> right? They're going to yeah. do the spin-offs. They're going to do everything. They're going to get their money back and then some because it's amazing – The loyal Star Wars fans, no matter what you put on the screen, they just love it.
1: Yep, doesn't matter. If you're
0: neutral, you're like, you know, that was kind of dumb. They're like, no, you don't understand the plot and what happened. Like, no, that was dumb. like, no, no. Yeah. And that's what's amazing about this. They have these loyal fans that are buyers, and they're going to just – you're going to milk this thing. They're going to pull billions of dollars out of it because the old Star Wars franchise, which was very successful, what, in 20, 30 years, would they come out with six films? No, wait, was it nine films? What was it, nine
1: films? I think something to that effect, yeah.
0: Yeah, now it's, what, every six months, every year, the boom, boom. They're just going to hammer it and keep going until they have to slow down. Oh, a little they bit. know yeah. how to
1: promote it. They make it a big event, right? It's, yeah, well, oh, now, when you now have... it's coming out again.
0: <laughs> so when you have loyal fans, people that love your product or service, there's a one. they're the ones you need to focus on, and that's what's happening here. So definitely Disney Ninja.
1: Oh, yeah. Like you can create a product and just make it a little bit different, and all your fans will buy it. Right, I had a friend in college, and he had a whole binder. Do you remember CDs? you remember those? Oh,
0: yeah, I think so, vaguely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he had a whole binder, just probably 50 CDs of the Dave Matthews band. And wow. these were live performances with Dave Matthews and, and the, the guys just jamming out. And I, I personally, you can send me your hate mail, I am not a fan. And I'm <laughs> listening to this going, this is the same crap. A guy's playing the saxophone, and it's the same thing. It was live in Montreal. Now it's live in Oklahoma City, right? Who cares? To him, it was awesome. And he bought every single one of them. And that's the same thing that we have going on here. You could change the, the plot a little bit, and you're going to make $155 million in your opening weekend. That was just stateside, by the way. Internationally, well, they went well over $200 million.
0: Well, that's a great example because you'll ask him, well, these are almost identical. No, no. No. This one has a one different song than this one, and this one was acoustic, and this one was electric, right? Yeah. And to us, like, no, it's all the same. But they have to have everything, every little minor adjustment, everything from the band, from the movie, from the whatever it is, and that's what a loyal fan does. I mean, look what Coke's done with, I was it, 20, 30 years ago, there was one Coke. Now there's, what, 10, 12? They just keep adding different oh, things. Oh, yeah.
1: The moral of the story is if your clients are passionate about your product, they can't get too much of it. It's not possible. Just got to tweak okay it a little
0: okay yep. for you to keep asking them to purchase more stuff. Yeah. They're the best people to ask.
1: Yep. There you go. Excellent. That's a great ninja. Congratulations to the Star Wars franchise. You are killing it. Congratulations to you. So that is going to be it for the show today. And you know what, Kurt? That's mm. it for the year. Woo-hoo! we are shutting it down everybody enjoy the rest of your year you no longer have to pretend that you're working
0: that's we, right if you, have you withdraws from the show just eat some fatty foods and think about us we'll be thinking about you of course yeah. <laughs> and we will revisit maximize your influence at the beginning of the year
1: thanks everybody talk to you then
0: take care persuade with power.